But thinking on this, you know, the Lord has been invited down to Simon the Pharisee's house to eat with him. And there's a woman comes in, uh, according to Simon, a great sinner woman. So I just want to read a couple of verses here and maybe the Lord could help us in this. Verse number 41, so Jesus speaks to Simon. He says, Simon, there was a certain creditor who had two debtors. The one owed 500 pence, the other owed 50. And when they had nothing to pay, he frankly forgave them both. Tell me, therefore, which of them will love him most? Simon answered and said, I suppose that he to whom he forgave most. And he said unto him, Thou hast rightly judged. So again, in the context of the whole, the Pharisees invited Jesus to come and dine. And you know, in this, this woman interrupts. I mean, right in the very first of it, this woman, verse number 37 Behold, a woman in the city which was a sinner, when she knew that Jesus sat in meat in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster box of ointment. She poured it out, began to weep and to wash his feet with her tears. Simon, no water, no kiss, no greeting. And this is what I'd like to think on. As he brings this little picture out, Simon, two debtors, one owes 50, one owes 500. Both of them are forgiven. Simon, who loves the most? Well, I suppose him who was forgiven most. So I'd like to think about this tonight, and I'd like to think about it in three different ways. I'd like to think about it logically. I'd like to think about it lawfully, and I'd like to think about it spiritually. Now that might sound silly to you, but logically, it looks just as plain as day that if someone has been forgiven 500 pence, $500, 500 sins, versus 50, that that person that would have been forgiven the most would love the most. That seems logical, doesn't it? But as you think about that, we're talking about forgiveness. We're talking about, we're not talking about, now he gives us something that we can relate to logically. There's a debt. So I say this what is our debt? If, if, we're, if we're thinking about logically, you know, you might say, well, I don't owe God anything. Maybe not logically you don't. But how about lawfully and spiritually? What do we owe God? What, what's the price? The Word of God said He forgave them both. So let's think about this for just a few minutes. Logically, I believe that it looks like that Simon, being a Pharisee, being a legalist, 
being a separatist, being a man who is, I I mean, a practicer of the law to the best of his ability to keep himself in line, a man who knows the law, a man who is aware of the law. I believe you might say, well, it's got to be Simon who owes the 50. It's got to be this woman, this notorious woman, this notorious sinner woman, She's got to be the one that owes the 500. So what the Lord is saying is, Simon, you just owe a little, and this woman owes a lot. That's the way it looks logically, doesn't it? But I ask you lawfully, lawfully, what what do they owe? According to the book of James, chapter number 2, the Bible says this, If you fulfill the royal law according to the Scripture, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself, you do well. But if you have respect to person, you commit sin and are convinced of the law of transgressors. For whosoever shall keep the whole law and yet offend in one point, he is guilty of all. Do you think that if Simon has only broke 50 and the woman has broke 500, is Simon as guilty as the woman? Lawfully. He's just as guilty as the woman. You see, we look at everything logically. We got it figured out in our mind. Well, you know, I'm not like so-and-so. Look at the life that they've lived. And look how wicked it is. And look how ungodly that it is. And look how great of sinners that they are. But by the Word of God, lawfully, Simon is just as guilty and is under as just as much punishment as the woman who is a great sinner. You know, logically, Simon wouldn't consider himself to be a sinner But lawfully, Simon is as great a sinner as this woman. Because if we've offended in one point of the law, we're guilty of all of the law. So if you think about that, I don't believe that there's anybody, there's not anybody that lawfully owes any more than anyone else. Not in the place of forgiveness. Now in the place of payment, if you die in your sins and die and go to hell, know this, that every sin, every transgression, every idle word is going to have to be answered for, right? But in forgiveness, they are on the same level. There's not degrees of forgiveness. Is there degrees of forgiveness? No, I tell you that Simon lawfully is just as guilty as the sinner woman. Simon has broken the law. By Jesus' parable, by Jesus' little picture, if he's accounting to Simon, the 50, can you see that Simon's at least guilty of a little? Logically? But lawfully, he's guilty of all of it, isn't he? You see, you see the, the, the field is level right here. But now let's think about it spiritually. 
Let's think about where they are spiritually. By the Word of God, in the book of Hebrews, chapter number 10, I believe it is, the Bible says this, For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believeth. So, by faith in the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ, the woman who owes 500 is just as much forgiven as the man who owes 50 if he believes. Isn't that right? So Christ is the end of the law. He is the accomplishment. He is the goal. What was the goal of the law? I tell you, the goal of the law was to bring us to the Lord Jesus Christ. The goal of the law was to show Simon and to show the woman that they were both guilty. You see, if you're going to heaven, there's only two ways to get there. One is by works and living a perfect, spotless, blameless, no sin life. The other way to get there is through and by the grace of God and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and His finished work. So, as we think about this spiritually, is there any difference in the price of forgiveness for either one of these? You, you might want to chew on it. You might want to spit it out. But again, I ask you this. What's the price for forgiveness? Is it not the death of the Lord Jesus Christ? Is that same price for Simon as for the sinner woman? Is it not the same price? So, so then Jesus says this, Simon, I, uh, Simon, who do you say loves the Lord the most, Simon? Well, I suppose the one who has been forgiven the most. Well, I ask you, in this, in this from verse number 36 to verse number 50, does Simon love the Lord at all? Simon doesn't love the Lord at all. Now, do you think that this woman is some great, great, exceeding example of someone who's been forgiven? Or is this woman typical of someone who has truly been forgiven? Let's look down through the parable for just, just, a, just a little bit. So the Pharisee asked him to come. The woman, uh, which was a sinner, when she knew that Jesus sat at meat in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster box of ointment and stood at his feet behind him weeping and began to wash his feet with her tears and did wipe them with the hair of her head and kissed his feet, and anointed them with the ointment. Now when the Pharisee which had bidden him saw it, he spake within himself, saying, This man, if he were a prophet, would have known who and what manner of woman this is that toucheth him, for she is a sinner. I ask you this, is this woman a sinner? All right. 
You're saying that she is. I want to ask you this. Have you ever seen a sinner, <coughs> unforgiven, act like this? Have you ever seen a sinner, unforgiven, to pour out an alabaster box worth a year's wages? To stand behind and weep and wipe his feet with the tears that by the Word of God? Continually. Who has continually? There is no ceasing of what is coming out. Not, I realize this, that it's coming out of her eyes. But know this, that that began in the heart. There's a work of God has gone on before we get to Simon's house in this woman's life. There is what we're seeing, folks, is the manifestation of a work of God that has already gone on. I, I, I'm, not trying, I'm not trying to throw, throw you uh, for a loop. I'm not trying to make it say something. I'm asking you this. Simon looks at this woman, and you know what he knows about her? He knows her reputation of the past. But I want you to look at this woman. Does Simon ever consider the actions of this woman? Does Simon ever consider that the action of this woman does not look like anything he's ever seen or heard of her doing before? Did you see, folks, that this woman is pouring out her heart? That this woman's heart is being poured out through her eyes? That this woman has took a year's wages that had in an alabaster box, maybe maybe for some day when she thought she might uh, get away from sin, one day when she might be able to get ahead monetarily, one day when life might change for her and she could have this alabaster box for her wedding day. I tell you, look at this woman. This woman is a woman who has been changed this woman is a woman who should be recognized not as a sinner, but as someone who has faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. This is a woman who has been changed. Look at her. A sinner does not act like this. A sinner does not pour out a year's worth of wages on the feet and on the back of someone that she doesn't know. She doesn't pour out her heart and her tears and wipe them with a tear. You know what she did? She took her glory. The Bible said that a woman's hair is her glory. She took her glory and wiped the feet of the Savior. I tell you, there's something going on in this woman's heart. Oh, there's a spiritual work here that we don't see. We see the little parable logically. But you know, the spiritual side, it won't line up with this little parable. See, he tries to get us to see the natural and then bring it to where we can see it spiritually. Let's walk on down through it and look. So the Bible said, and she stood at his feet behind him weeping and began to wash his feet with her tears and did wipe them with the glory, with the hairs of her head and kissed his feet. Now, you tell me this. What's she doing? She is worshiping. 
She is worshiping the Lamb of God. She is worshiping the Lord Jesus Christ. She is worshiping the Lord Jesus Christ with her tears, with her heart, with her money, with her alabaster box, with her ointment. She is there in great humility in a terrible, terrible atmosphere, in an atmosphere where she is despised, where she would like to be, where Simon would like to shame her, where Simon would like to degrade her. Look at the hostile environment she's in. And I'll tell you what she's got. She's got the can't help it. Because God has done something in her heart. Now when the Pharisee which had bidden him saw it, he spake within himself. Now here's a religious man. Here's a man that's not seeing much. He's not seeing near like this sinner woman. But I tell you lawfully, he is as guilty as she is. Spiritually, it'll take the same price for Simon to be forgiven that it will for this sinner woman to be forgiven. It'll take the same blood of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ for Simon to be brought into the family of God. And I'll tell you what it'll be. If Simon gets forgiven, it'll be the same result. He'll worship the Lamb of God. You see, really the parable is not this, folks. It's not many sins and a few sins. It's either forgiven or unforgiven. That's the bottom line. This man, if he were a prophet, would have known who and what manner of woman this is that toucheth him, for she is a sinner. Do you think he ever considered the way she was acting? Simon was so blinded by the life that this woman had before and by his own self-righteousness that he could not see the change that had been made in this woman's heart. Did he ever consider? I ask you this. Verse number 39. Which had bidden him saw it, he spake, and this man, if he were a prophet, would have known who and what manner of woman this is that toucheth him, for she is a sinner. Verse number 37 says, was a sinner. And I could read that and I could say this was a sinner which was a sinner in that city. But I ask you this, by her actions, by the actions that she is presenting in Simon's house, is she a sinner? Or is she forgiven? You see the difference? Simon's looking at the past life. Simon is blind to what's going on right in front of him. I'll tell you the difference, folks. The difference is the work of God in the heart. And you know, 
Jesus is going to go a little farther. I'm going to go ahead just a, just a second or two to verse number 45. Thou gavest me no kiss, but this woman since the time I came in has not ceased to kiss my feet. Isn't it something now that a woman has come in and has not ceased? Isn't it something that those, that God has done a work in their heart, it seems like just every service or two, there's something got to be said. Something, somebody's got to come to the altar. Somebody's got to draw near to God. Somebody's got to give the Lord some glory. And then there's others that there has never, ever been any glory, any praise, any honor. Is it because that that other group's just been forgiven a little. Is that the difference? No, I tell you the difference. There has been forgiven forgiveness in one life and no forgiveness in another life. This woman has not ceased. This woman, this woman has not ceased to kiss my feet. If this man knew, if he were really a prophet, he would know what kind of woman this is who toucheth him, for she is a sinner. I ask you this, is she still a sinner? I tell you, she may have been a sinner, and I say this, I'm a sinner, but thank God I'm a forgiven sinner. And you know what forgiven sinners bring? Forgiveness, ladies and gentlemen, forgiveness on my part, forgiveness given unto me should bring about glory and honor and praise and love and, 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 and honor to the one that forgave me. It ought to bring an admiration. It ought to bring an evidence of what God has done in my life. And, 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 and look at Simon. Has God done anything for Simon? So the little parable is logic. Lawfully, they're both on their way to hell. Spiritually, spiritually, Simon is just as lost as the sinner woman. Spiritually, there has been a work of God done in the sinner woman's heart that has not been done in Simon's heart. And the evidence as shown forth in the love that she has. Read with me. Read with me. I have somewhat to say to you, Simon. So he, he gives the parable. He gives the he gives the, the little story. Two debtors. I'm in I'm in debt. Listen, friend. You're in debt to God. Whether you've sinned against your fellow man, your neighbor, your family, whoever it might be, know this, you have sinned against God. And know this, that there's coming a day that you are going to have to pay. Is God going, is God going to forgive? I ask you this. He frankly forgave them both. What was the price for forgiveness for either one of them? Same price. Can you see that only God can forgive sin? Can you see that the only sacrifice that has ever been given for sin is the death of the Lord Jesus Christ? And that price was paid that Simon might be saved. That price was paid that this sinner woman could be saved. It was the same price. So really, 
Really, there shouldn't be a difference in the amount of love, should there? There really shouldn't be a distinguishing difference whether we've been forgiven much or little, should we? But I want to dig right there just a minute. Who is Simon? Simon is a Pharisee. Simon is a man who knows the law. Simon is a man who is a separatist. Would you say, now I know this can be hypothetical, but would you say that Simon has a much greater knowledge of right and wrong, of the law, of forgiveness, of sacrifice, than the woman does? So you would agree, Simon has a greater knowledge. Well, listen to this Scripture. That servant which knew his Lord's will, verse chapter 12, Luke 12, 47, and prepared not himself, neither did according to his will, shall be beaten with many stripes. But he that knew not and did commit things worthy of stripes shall be beaten with few stripes. For unto whomsoever much is given, of him shall be much required. And to him who meant have committed much, of him they will ask the more. So let me ask you this. The woman that's got 500 sins, and the person who has 50 sins, if the person who has 50 sins has much greater knowledge. You reckon that playing field is getting more equal? Do you reckon that the payment for sin is becoming more equal because what I read in the Word of God is the more knowledge there is, then the more liable, the more guilty, uh, uh, the, the, the more dreadful the punishment. So could it be that with Simon's knowledge, maybe he's not committed the great sins? Maybe Simon has not been a whoremonger. Maybe this woman has been a harlot. Maybe this woman has been an adulteress. Maybe Simon's not done that. But do you know that Simon is guilty? Do you know that Simon is guilty of breaking the law? Do you know that Simon has much more knowledge than this woman has? So I ask you, are there any difference in their guilt? Would her great number of sins make her more guilty, worthy of more stripes, or would his lesser sins and greater knowledge make him guilty of lesser or more stripes? You see, spiritually, Looks to me like they're on the same field, same level. Let's read again in Matthew chapter number 11, a familiar Scripture. But you know, this is a Scripture that is avoided over and over and over and over again. Avoided. And is skimmed over the top of and never thought on. Matthew chapter number 9, verse number 20. Then began he to upbraid 
Then he began to rebuke. Then he began to reprimand the cities wherein the most mighty works were done because they repented not. So Jesus had done great works. Matthew chapter 11, verse 20. He had done great works in Chorazin. He had done great works in Bethsaida. If the mighty works which were done in you had been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago. So I ask you this. Did all of those folks have the same opportunity? You might say, well, Tyre and Sidon, what a bunch of sinners that they are. They didn't have the knowledge that Bethsaida... And Capernaum had. Let's read a little more. I say unto you, if they had had the opportunity, would they have repented? According to the Word of God. So by the Word of God, Chorazin and Bethsaida had a greater opportunity. You know what they had? They had greater knowledge. They're like Simon. They've had a greater knowledge. They've had a greater exposure. They've had greater opportunities. They've had greater witness. They've had a greater manifestation of the working and the power of God than, than Tyre and Sidon. But if our Tyre and Sidon had had the opportunity, they would have repented. I ask you, you have been here for years. Why have you not repented? Do you think because somebody down the road has sinned more than you that they're greater sinners than you are? Or does your opportunity and all of the knowledge that you have make you a greater sinner? If they had the opportunity, you see folks, we're all going to have to be forgiven. We're all going to have to repent. Whether logically you want to call it big sins and little sins, or multitudes of sin versus few sins, I'll tell you what we're going to have to have. We're all going to have to have the same forgiveness through the blessed Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And we're all sinners on our way to hell outside of the grace and the mercy of God. And friend, I'll say this, that Simon had never repented. Neither had Bethsaida nor Chorazin. Verse number 22, Matthew eleven twenty-two. I say unto you, it shall be more tolerable for Tyre and Sidon. So Tyre and Sidon are Gentiles. Tyre and Sidon don't have churches. Tyre and Sidon don't have the law. Tyre and Sidon have very few opportunities for Jesus to pass through their coast. Who's the more guilty according to Jesus? Those with the greater knowledge and those with the greater opportunities. Read with me a little more. Verse 23. And thou Capernaum... So here's Jesus' headquarters. Here's where Jesus spends the majority of His time in three and a half years. And thou Capernaum, which are exalted unto heaven. Why would, why would Matthew, by the words of the Lord Jesus Christ, why would he write down that thou are exalted unto heaven and shall be brought down to hell? 
Here's the reason. If the mighty works which had been done in thee had been done in Sodom, oh now, look how look how wicked Sodom is. Sodom's the worst, aren't they? Aren't Sodomites the worst? Isn't Sodom and Gomorrah the worst in all of the Bible? In Simon's mind, isn't this woman who is a sinner, isn't she the worst? But Simon, you know the law. Simon, you've been a studier. Simon, you know the Scriptures. Simon, you've had opportunity. Capernaum, you've been exalted to heaven. God has come down to you. Isn't that something? Isn't it something that the man down the road and the lady up the road and those in between that are living in adultery, that are living in fornication, that are shacked up, that are on drugs, that are drunks, that are wasting their life, that they are going to be in a place in hell that is going to be more tolerable than people sitting on the church pew. Preacher, I don't believe that. You don't believe the Bible then. When people mention Sodom, it's the worst of the worst. That's the worst of the worst. That's right. But Capernaum has been exalted to heaven. God has come down in the person of Jesus Christ to Capernaum. Capernaum has the greatest opportunity for a three or three and a third, three and a half year ministry of God on earth. It's had the greatest opportunity of any city upon the face of the earth. They're going to be brought down to hell. Why? Why? Why do you say that? Be brought down to hell, for if the mighty works which have been which have been done in thee had been done in Sodom, it would have remained unto this day. But I say unto you that thou shalt it shall be more tolerable for the land of Sodom in the day of judgment for th- than for thee. Is Simon going to get off? You know what this woman's doing? This woman is giving evidence of a work of God done in her. Simon is giving evidence of no work of God and self-righteousness. Sodom, the worst. The absolute worst in the Bible. That's, that when you say Sodom, that's the way people think. But know this. That Capernaum, which was exalted to heaven, is going to be more liable, is going to suffer greater punishment, is going to find themselves in a greater degree of torment than Sodom in the day of judgment. You think those people up and down the road are terrible, wicked, ungodly, filthy sinners? Know this. If you don't repent and give evidence of a work of God in your heart and life, you're going to suffer worse torment 
a worse place in hell than they do. Preacher, I don't like that and I don't believe it. I know people don't believe it. But right here it is in the Word of God, plain as day. And let me just say this. You may want to spit it out. If Sodom, if Sodom had had the opportunity that Capernaum had, it would remain unto this day. God withheld. God withheld the opportunity, the Bible said, here's your foreseeing. Did God foresee? I know this, that the Bible said if Sodom had been the op- given the opportunity, they would have repented. Who withheld that opportunity? God withheld that opportunity. Preacher, they wouldn't have repented. Then you're calling God's Scripture a liar. You're calling the Lord Jesus Christ's words out of His own mouth a lie. Because He said they would have repented. Just a little more. Look with me farther in Matthew chapter 7. You've rightly judged, Simon, when you said that the one was forgiven most. Simon, he turned to the woman and said to Simon, Simon, you see this woman? I entered into thy house and thou gavest me no water for my feet. Simon, you didn't give me anything that come out of the ground. Simon, you didn't give me anything that come out of the well. You didn't give me anything even outwardly to welcome me into your house. This woman has worshipped me. This woman has loved me. This woman has honored me, not with water out of a bowl, not with water out of a, out, out, out of a water pot, not with water out of the well. This woman has honored me and worshipped me with water that poured from her heart out of her eyes, and she has washed my feet with the tears that came out of her. What a difference. Is she a big sinner and Simon's a little sinner? She's forgiven and Simon is lost. Simon, this woman has washed my feet with her tears and wiped them with the hairs of her head. Simon, verse 45, thou gavest me no kiss. Now, what was the kiss? Well, I'll say this you can look through the Bible. When Moses met his father-in-law after coming out of Egypt, he wrapped his arms around him and kissed him. When Moses was going to go down to Egypt, Aaron met him in the wilderness and kissed him. When Judas come and betrayed the Lord Jesus Christ, he said, Judas, betrayest thou me with a kiss? Friend. You know what a kiss was? A kiss was a greeting. A kiss was a respect. A kiss. Simon, thou gavest me no respect. A friend. Is Simon the Lord's friend? Did Simon welcome the Lord into his house? Did Simon greet the Lord? Was Simon glad to see? I tell you, Simon was there to find fault with the Lord and to proclaim his self righteousness. Simon, this woman 
has not ceased to kiss my feet. Could there be anything lower? The lowest job in this day was to wash the servant's feet. That was the lowest job. You're the man. You're, 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 you're in Abraham's household. The lowest man on the totem pole is the man that's going to wash the feet of the visitors. This woman is kissing the feet of the Lord Jesus. She's washing them with her tears, kissing them with her lips. You talk about a woman that has come down. You talk about a woman that has got a new attitude and a woman who is manifesting the love and faith. Here's a woman that's doing it. Thou gavest me no kiss but this woman since the time I entered in. Since the time I came in has not ceased to kiss my feet. Simon, my head with oil thou didst not anoint. This woman hath anointed my feet. I tell you, she didn't think. They said one time this should have been sold and given to the poor. You've wasted it. I tell you, she didn't pour it out in this context. She poured it out on His feet. You talk about worship. Here is a woman who is worshiping. Maybe you, never, maybe you don't see it that way. I tell you how a pile of people see it. A pile of people see it in verse number 47. Wherefore I say unto thee, her sins which are many are forgiven, for she loveth much. Now there's a pile of folks going to say, well, because she loved him and she poured that out and she done all of that work, he's going to forgive her. That is an absolute contradiction to the rest of the Bible. What she is doing is a manifestation of a work of God done in her heart. No, she didn't work for this. She worked, if you want to call it worked. I'm going to call it worship. She worshiped because a work of God had been done in her heart. And the reason that Simon and so many more never worship. It's not because in our logical minds now, in our logical minds, we're not as bad as sinners as they are. But in the spiritual realm and in the law, in the law, you're as guilty if you've broken one commandment. You're going to be guilty and held accountable to all of it. And spiritually... Just like Simon. Whether you owe 50 or 500. Read a little more with me. 47 48. I say unto thee. I'm saying to you Simon. Her sins which are many are forgiven. For she loveth much. But to whom little is forgiven the same loveth little. And he said unto her thy sins are forgiven. And they that sat at meat with him began to say within themselves, Who is this that forgiveth sins also? And he said unto the woman, Thy faith has saved thee. Could I remind you of this? 
that the children of Israel went not in to the promised land because they believed not. That was manifest in disobedience. This woman is manifesting a faith by her love, by her worship. She is manifesting a work of God done in her heart. It's a work of faith, folks. So think about it one more time. Simon, 550. Frankly forgiven both, who loveth most, Simon? Well, logically, the man who was forgiven most. How about lawfully? No difference. You're guilty. Spiritually, must be a work of God done. And the manifestation of the work of God is in the life and the action of this woman. And the manifestation of no work of God is manifest in Simon and many others. This woman had not ceased. How is it that some folks can never stop praising, never stop honoring the Lord, never stop repenting, and others never repent, never praise, never honor, and never worship? There's been no work of God done in the heart. I hope you can...